Hey, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Shot Health Talk. This is your host, Dr. Kevin. And for today, our guest is Dr. Dan Golitz. And Dr. Golitz received his doctorate in clinical psychology in 1996 from the University of Washington. He then completed his clinical internship training at the Veterans Affairs Medical Center in Long Beach, California. Now, Dr. Golitz's specialties include cognitive behavioral therapy, treatment of anxiety, and assessment and treatment of adult ADHD. But we are not going to be uh, talking about any of those specifically, per se, today. Instead, we're going to be talking about pain, because Dr. Golitz does have a long history of interest in work around pain and is doing some innovative things in this day and age. So, Dr. Golitz, welcome to the show. Thank you. And let's just start off right there. How, how did you become interested in pain? I think my interest in pain began in graduate school in the early 90s. The whole field of health psychology was brand new back then, and I became interested in a variety of aspects of health psychology. And then as I looked toward getting additional training and uh, how I might have a career in that area, it seemed as though pain was the one that was the most prominent, the most well-developed, the one that had the most potential to go somewhere with it. And I think I took some classes at the UW. Now the UW for a long time was a, a, a pillar in the area of uh, psychological pain treatment theory and that sort of thing. And so there were a lot of opportunities in, uh, uh, at the UW to be able to learn about those things. And then I continued that on internship. I chose the internship that I chose largely because it uh, provided me with an opportunity to work with some people who had been doing chronic pain treatment. Uh, a couple of authors of a book that I had uh, happened to be on the staff at the Long Beach VA. And so I uh, ended up uh, going there for my internship and did a, a, a long rotation in uh, pain management there. And, and yeah. so yeah. What, what did you discover then? Because it, you know, I, I, there's, it's interesting because people oftentimes have an interest in pain. I mean, I right. currently since say from my own experience, there was, I had an interest in pain when I was in medical school. And then you kind of mm -hmm. go in a little bit more in depth and, and what did you find? Did you find that uh, your expectations were were met or did they change in well, that process? I, um, well, actually, um, so I had kind of a mixed experience. I, I, the people I worked with were wonderful. Uh, my, my mentors at the Long Beach VA, I, I, I can't say enough about them. They were, they were really good people. But I think, and this, is, this comes, I think, in hindsight from the perspective of today, but I think what I realize now is that what we call the old paradigm really was not a very satisfying way to approach pain. It didn't uh, provide a whole lot of uh, hope for things to get better. And it wasn't very clear on what the role of psychology was in the whole process. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that you know, back then, and it probably still is the same way in a lot of places, Pain is viewed as primarily a, an organic process, right? It, that, that is very directly related to injury of some sort. 
and uh, and then there are a variety of psychological complications that can extend off of that. And so psychology's role in the process is to treat these mental health sequelae of the essential medical problem. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, and uh, so I, I can almost simplify that, and then people may have heard me use this yeah. term before. I would say, like, the, the idea that basically there's pain pus oozing all over the body, and then the psychologist comes in at the end and kind of manages how you feel about all that pain pus moving around. Right, right, and so, and so we're there to uh, you know, treat the depression that is the result of having chronic pain, mm-hmm. for example, right? Um, now, that really kind of puts me, I feel like, in, in, a, in a precarious position because I, I find myself wondering, you know, un, under that framework, what exactly do I have to offer somebody who feels pain? Um, you know, if, if, if somebody is experiencing severe pain every day, I don't know how you don't be depressed with that. That's, that's a, a pretty difficult situation. And, and so, um, yeah, a, a lot of what we did was try to, again, help with uh, depression, help people develop better coping mechanisms, uh, be more active in various aspects of their life, but we weren't really approaching the pain itself. That, that model didn't provide us with a sense that psychology could alter the pain at, at, you know, at, at an essential level. And that's what new pain science is really, how it, why it's so very different from the old model. So, okay, go ahead. Um, were you going to say something? No, no, no. Well, I was, I was going to say, it was, it's interesting because, um, you know, I, I often say is people will often, we will talk around pain and kind of about pain, but rarely do we actually speak directly to pain. And it's just kind of interesting to me to hear you say what you're saying, because it's it, it, it's so easy to do, but we default to this idea that the pain is there. And rather than, than start to deconstruct that, which I know we're going to get into a little bit here, mm-hmm. we just assume that that's a given, and then we mess around on the ed- all over the edges. But it's it 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 really makes sense. What you're saying is like you know um, that isn't satisfying right. because that's the that's the driver, right? And instead of actually addressing the driver, it's like they have this big elephant in the room and it's sitting in there. But we're going to talk about how you can feed the elephant or pet the elephant or stroke the elephant and make it a, a better guess. But we're never actually talking about the elephant itself and what to do about it. Right, right. I think that, again, this was a long time ago, and I'm, I'm relying on memory here. But I think that what I recall back then was that what psychology was basically being presented with was uh, this population of people who had chronic pain that wasn't responding to medical intervention and and that they were very understandably distressed about it and that psychologists were somehow supposed to make the distress go away. Mm -hmm. I found that to be kind of a bind. Yeah, Um, yeah. Well, the other way you can, and uh, you know, once people are are being put through this ringer, 
And yeah. then they involve you at the end after after failure, after failure, after failure, after yeah. a failure and the medical side. And then there, and then you I could just see where that expectation that now you are supposed to do you make this all better in some way, shape or form. Yeah. That, that could be incredibly yeah, yeah, frustrating. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, so this is yeah, I'm, I'm kind of you know, um, clarifying my uh, my responses here, I think. Um, one of the things that really I found unsatisfying was the idea that pain patients uh, would be put through you know a whole uh, a range of medical interventions, and only when those did not succeed would the patient then be sent to psychology and and essentially written off mm -hmm. as um, broken or crazy or what have you. And that's bad for the patient. That's bad for providers. And and I think it, but it reflected a, a way of understanding things that it that was predominant at the time, but I think is very different under pain science. Yeah. So what I would like to to before we jump there is yeah. so you had an interest in pain, and I then had an interest in pain, and, and it, again that that sort of stemmed from my interest in all of these interactions between uh, uh, um, psychology and, and, and physical functioning. Yeah, health, like the, as, yeah, as one health, piece yeah, of, exactly. of overall health rather than being the subcategory that's just sort of out in the middle of, <laughs> right. well, we have health and then, well, there's psychology if you're not doing well, kind of a thing. Yeah. So integrated. We would call that integrated care, I guess, now, right? Right. right. <laughs> so, um, so you have an interest in pain. And you, so you, you, you're in, you're an internship. You're doing it with some, you know, national, if not internationally known people. And I know the University of Washington was certainly known on both the national and international stage. And people like, I'm assuming, like Dennis Turk was there when you were there, and in uh, you know some of these big giants. Yeah, I, I, I never, I never met him directly. In fact, um, you know, Bill Fordyce is, is a mm -hmm. huge name in the field. I mean, he's he's like the the the, the godfather of, of psychology and pain, right? Um, he was, um, I think, mostly retired by that time, but he uh, did come in and speak to a class that I was taking. And, you know, he was an interesting guy. Um, had a lot of ideas, a big personality. <laughs> Yeah, so you're coming from the from a so as, you know you're coming from and having been trained at these 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 quote unquote world mm -hmm. leaders of pain, right. and that you find though is that um, this dissatisfaction. So what happened next for you? So you, you, so so I um, you know I, I completed my internship and finished grad school and uh, um, came back to Oregon. Uh, where my wife had stayed. So we, we had um, spent that year apart. I lived in Southern California while she stayed in Oregon and came back and uh, um, uh, joined the, the practice. And we had decided at that point, you know, uh, that we wanted to be in private practice. I could have pursued employment in a variety of ways, but this was the choice we decided to have. Uh, and so um, came back to Corvallis and um, and I did, you know, make some uh, attempts to present myself as as uh, um, providing uh, um, services for chronic pain. And I had oh I don't know a, a small handful of referrals, um, but they didn't, you know, they didn't tend to go very well. Um, 
again, using this, this old paradigm, uh, basically uh, when I think physicians found out that there was somebody in town who was providing the service, they wanted to uh, send you know, particularly difficult patients to me. And, and uh, you know, that doesn't work very well, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, and again, my, my understanding of how all of these factors interacted, I, I don't think is anywhere near what I have an understanding of now. Mm-hmm. I think I could uh, have done a lot more for people back then. Um, but um, I think, um, so I, I moved away from that, I think a long time ago. Um, there were also some you know, factors in the system. Uh, this was the you know, early rollout of managed care. And I had a great deal of difficulty uh, getting um, you know, insurance network panels and that restricted my ability to do work. Um, so you know, pragmatic things like that got in the way. And one thing led to another, and I just kind of left it behind. Mm-hmm. So this is going back, you know, almost 20 years by now. I just decided to set this aside and uh, move on with other things. Uh, and I didn't really expect to return to pain as as a uh, as an area of my practice. But I think I, what what happened is I just happened to be talking to uh, a friend of mine who's a physical therapist and talking about this interest that I had a long time ago and uh, um, how I still think that psychology has a lot to offer people with pain, but I, I don't really know quite where to go with it. And she started to tell me about this workshop that she had been to um, with somebody who I'm sure you uh, are familiar with, uh, Lorna Mosley, a name I'd never heard of because he really wasn't a figure in the field back in the you know late nineties, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and you're certainly not a field in psychology, or he was right, not in right. the psychological field. So, and 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 then you know she loaned me her copy of Explain Pain, and I started reading that, and it just blew my mind open. That was sort of the the moment that. Uh, introduced me to pain science and and the new paradigm. And I just found it real. This is basically what I had been looking for way back when. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and, um, and, you know, and, and at that moment, uh, this old interest got really reinvigorated and I decided I wanted to know more about this. And and I decided that um, I might actually like to um, move back in the direction of doing this kind of work. Yeah. So could you, what was it that was exciting to you? Why was that exciting or why was the, the new paradigm? Right. Or... Well, well, because it, it, it completely changes our understanding of, of what pain is. And uh, this idea that pain is protection, the idea that pain is a response to threat not necessarily injury, uh, you know, injury can be a type of threat, but there's a lot of different ways that people can experience threat that don't necessarily involve injury or tissue damage, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, um, the concept, the idea that pain would be, would reflect the amount of threat that a person perceives really is a very different model, a different way of looking at things. 
and it opens up the whole uh, um, idea of, of uh, what pain is and what we can do about it. Yeah, and that and that definitely I could see as a psychologist where that would open up a lot of windows because yeah, what, absolutely, you know, threats based on perception in psychology yeah. has a lot to do with altering and changing and reframing perception. Yeah, yeah, and and, and so suddenly I started seeing, oh, this is where I can be involved. In. Yeah, I, and that's where my experience uh, treating anxiety um, and and treating PTSD uh, uh, started, you know, suddenly becoming very very relevant. Mm -hmm. Because I, 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 you know, I treat threat in various forms, you know, all day long. It's, it's, it's the, the biggest part of what I do. And so what you, if, if you don't mind me kind of paraphrasing a little bit, is, is basically is once you changed or learned the, the new paradigm when it comes mm -hmm. to pain, it wasn't like you were learning a whole new skill set. You are now being able to take your existing skills and expertise and just apply them in different ways. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, you know, there, there are, there are little, you know, uh, um, uh, you know, bits of information that, uh, that need to be filled in around the edges, but the bulk of it is very, uh, um, consistent with what I already know. Yeah. And that, um, it, it, just to kind of bring in some past interviews, that's a common reframe that you hear over and over again is once you know once that that fundamental shift has occurred with understanding the problem it no longer is about learning all these different new tools per se but being able to apply those tools that you have and you know I, what i like is uh from a discussion with you i think you you have some you've done a lot of work with anxiety mm -hmm. and so it's interesting and actually i'm going to ask you this in just one second here but how you know how has that that pain anxiety sort of interplay how, how has that changed for you now well so uh let's see if i understand your question um uh how how do i view pain in in, in you know well, i would say in the past maybe if you had somebody with pain and anxiety how would mm -hmm. you have treated them then versus how you, now you have if someone has pain and anxiety how would you treat them today Okay, well, so so I mean, I'll, I'll be real honest with you. I think that um, for for most of my career, um, I probably just tended to not really address pain very uh, um, very directly. Again, if if pain is fundamentally about tissue damage, what in the world does a psychologist have to offer mm -hmm. for that? Uh, not not a whole lot, and so. You know, I, I certainly can offer empathy and support, but um, uh, under the old paradigm, that's about all I really felt like I had to offer. And so I didn't really um, spend a, a lot of time um, you know, focusing on people's pain. What is different now is um, that I see these things as so closely connected that I know that I have something really important to offer uh, people in pain. And, and so when somebody comes to me with a pain problem, I, I immediately begin looking for how threat plays out in my life. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so, uh, and, and that, you know, 
that opens up the whole landscape and makes it very relevant to what I do as a psychologist. So what's going on in their life now? Um, what is their history all about? Um, uh, how is it that they are experiencing themselves as being under threat, vulnerable, stressed out? All of those things are really important in terms of understanding why they're experiencing this pain. That's a different way to practice. Yeah, 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 and, and yeah. So when you understand what's driving the threat, then you can understand, you know, what is helping make the pain happen, and and what I, as a psychologist, can do about it. Have Have you seen that your relationship then changes with with your with your clients now? Oh yeah, uh, um, yeah. So you know, above and beyond patients who come to me specifically because of uh, pain-related problems, I find myself talking about these concepts with, uh, um, with patients all the time. You know, the pain triangle, for example, um, can be used to help um, uh, my conversations with people about um, anxiety, about panic attacks, about OCD. I, I, uh, so, uh, in addition to pain, obviously, um, this rubric, this, this way of understanding the interaction between cognitive and emotional and, and, and physiological factors is just really important in understanding a lot of things. And uh, so, you know, it sounds like you fully embrace this and, and you're excited about it, but was there any, did you have any conflict or challenges along the way? Because you know, obviously, it's sometimes it's not just like hitting a switch sometime, although it can be. But uh, were you, did you have any investment in something else that would have made it challenging to sort of adopt this, this, the new pain science? Um, let me think about that for a second. Um, for, for, for me personally, I no, I don't think that this has, has really uh, um, uh, been in any way kind of a, a, a philosophical struggle for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, again, I'm, I'm really amazed at how easily this fits into um, uh, how I thought about things and, 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 and how I do my work. And, and if anything, it's, it's just, um, it's, it's added to what I have. It, it hasn't really you know, diminished or, or, or uh, refuted anything that I have done before. So have you, uh, have you talked to your colleagues then in psychology about this and have you seen any interest from them or, or, or do they seem still seem a little bit resistant to the idea? Well, I think a lot of people are still pretty resistant to it. I think that, uh, um, you know, the, the stigma that has accompanied chronic pain for a very long time, um, is, is a significant barrier to overcome. I think a lot of people, um, have, have you know, come to view pain patients as 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 difficult, um, high maintenance, um, um, uh, um, you know, accompanied by a, a variety of, of complications, and um, and you know that's that's a reputation that I think came out of um, you know the old model and the systems that. Developed and you know again that was something going back uh, all the way to internship was something that that was very clear to me was um, uh, pain patients are viewed very negatively in a lot of places. 
Yeah, and and it, and then, and they can be challenging. I mean, there, when you don't understand how things fit together, that and you have a highly distressed person in front of you, it, that is incredibly challenging. And also, you know, I think for a lot of healthcare providers, it's it there's a level of frustration because you feel helpless as well. Not only do you have a helpless person, you know, someone who's, who 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 seems to be helpless in front of you, but you're you're feeling helpless in the ability to provide a meaningful change for them. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah, and so I don't mean to suggest for a moment that, that this is not a challenging problem. It, mm-hmm. it, it is a challenging problem. Um, but I do have some issues with the idea that, that uh, um, you know, people with chronic pain are in, in some way, you know, doing this on purpose mm-hmm. to, you know, solicit some kind of, of you know, benefit or gain. Um, uh, I just, you know, I, I find that kind of hard to endorse. Um, again, now, now, you know, it may be that when people feel really overwhelmed and, and helpless that they, they're looking for other people to help them. That's understandable. That would be true for anyone. Mm-hmm. So, um, The way people have been taught to think about pain is a big part of the problem here. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. And it, it is interesting because that frustration does seem to surface, at least in, in clinical providers, quite often, where um, these really horrible assumptions and in, in judgments come out about, well, they must be, you know, they're not, maybe not saying faking it, but they're doing it because they want something. Or and, and it's really interesting to me because I'm again, I I'm sure because I think we all went through it. I'm there, and I, so I'm not trying to say I never thought this way, but I, I I'm sure I talked or did something similar in the past, as embarrassing and and shameful mm-hmm. as it is. Right. But but looking back, you can almost you know put some put yourself in their shoes, right. and would anybody actually choose? To to be in that experience or living that experience because you know what can you what could you possibly gain and it's just it is interesting that you to hear you say that because it's I think it's so common that that uh, we we kind of blame the we we blame the person in front of us the client right right yeah I mean, they, they they have a problem and 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 they want us to fix it but we can't fix it and and that creates a, a you know a lot of stress and a lot of dissonance and we have to resolve that somehow. So the easiest way to resolve that is to blame the patient. Yeah. Um, it, now, let's see. Uh, well, why don't I let you uh, ask the next question? Well, if you if you have something specific, because what I was going to move into next is a little bit more specifics and say, well, so how are how do you approach? Uh, and you've touched on this a little bit, but how do you t- if you have somebody who's coming in for you specifically for pain, how do you approach that now? Like, what's your what's your first steps that you do, or that you think that it would that other psychologists could do on that say that first or second visit? Well, okay, so so kind of you know referring back to what I said a few minutes ago, I think I don't necessarily focus on on the pain symptoms immediately now obviously when somebody comes in you know um uh i need to you know get an understanding of 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 the presenting problem right but we're not going to focus so much on you know the symptoms of the pain and where they have it um i'm going to tend to put most of my emphasis on 
developing an understanding of what is driving their threat. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and again, so, so it can certainly involve um, factors going on in their life now, what is making their life hard now. Um, a lot of it is going to uh, um, relate to their history. Uh, and, and this is one of the things that I have found really interesting in, in pain science is the way it helps us understand this connection between trauma history and, and pain. Um, we've known this for a long time. I mean, the studies have existed for, for years and years showing these really strong correlations between chronic pain and trauma history, but it's never really been clearly uh explained as to why these things are connected. Um, When you view chronic pain as um, primarily a result of chronically high threat perception, now you have a way of understanding this connection because people who have trauma histories uh, have been taught by their experience to see the world is a dangerous place to view themselves as, as vulnerable. And so your, your, your sense of threat is going to be persistently high. So that becomes sort of, you know, where I'm going to put most of my focus in terms of understanding the patient. And then it's my job to help them connect those dots, help them understand how these things uh, are, are working together and why is it that you know this patient with this pain problem is sitting in a psychologist's office mm-hmm. yeah because i'm sure that that is a interesting discussion because um you know you're really on the cutting edge of of the new paradigm mm-hmm. and so many people get referred and you know people people are why are they getting upset about being referred to a psychologist well you would be upset if you referred to a psychologist if you believe that your pain was you know pain pus oozing out of or, or out of body damage and right. you know with with that old paradigm model and then you're like well why are you, you you don't believe me because now you're sending me to the psychologist when 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 really if you have people that really understand pain it makes so much more sense to have a psychologist involved i you know I, and and i know i've said this to you uh out, outside of this is it, mm-hmm. it, it you don't have to wait anymore right <laughs> You just get them involved early so that you can start with this stuff rather than wait yeah. until. And, 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 and I, you know, I think it, it ought to be that way, you know, in terms of. So when somebody, I imagine, presents for, you know, to a, to a medical doctor with a pain complaint, obviously they have to uh, you know, do their assessment and, and rule out uh, um, clear um, injuries, clear organic factors driving the pain. I I would not expect that somebody would come to a psychologist as a first line Mm -hmm. option. But when when a reasonable uh, um, medical evaluation fails to turn up uh, um, an obvious smoking gun for this pain, I think uh, we ought to really start thinking about the psychological side earlier rather than later. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I think, and I think it really comes down to um, 
that initial valuation, and this is this is from my, from a medical perspective, is to exclude bad things, and bad things mm -hmm. being things like cancer, weird infectious process, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. traumatic injuries, broken bones, torn tissues, or whatever, autoimmune processes. But the health system, or it's that's not that difficult to do, and the reason obviously is because you wouldn't want to um, approach pain care while there is a tumor. Well, I should say you wouldn't want to ignore symptoms and just address pain per se by itself while right. there's a tumor growing. Obviously, we don't want to right, miss that. Right. But if, right. but once, but but once we know it's either there and we can confirm it's there or not there, mm -hmm. um, I I would challenge that we could we can we can get someone you know again someone who understands pain well in there to help that person because. You know, what I haven't seen yet, what I would like to see is people intervening more in both, you know, palliative care scenarios or somebody who maybe has a new diagnosis of cancer. Uh, it's not to say that, that, that psychology and behavioral health interventions can't have an impact then. Um, right. You know, we're not waiting for waiting until that's all done anymore. It should let's get it involved early when we have either certainty in what the diagnosis is or certainty in what the diagnosis is not in both of those being important. Right. And it's not like uh, you have to choose, you know, between treating the cancer or the pain. Mm -hmm. You can do both. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what have, have your, have your, uh, have people in your, in your clinic, I mean, I'm going to leave this pretty broad. So either your colleagues uh, and or your clients seen a difference in you. Oh, oh, I, I would think so. Yeah. Well, yeah. So my, my clinic is, is me and my wife and, and my wife has a whole different uh, range of specialties. So it's kind of me. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that um, again, uh, um, partly what my patients may notice is that I, um, I, I like talking about these ideas <laughs> and, 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 uh, and I'll, talk about them to anyone who will, you know, uh, stay still and listen to them for, for any length of time. Um, again, because I think that this, this framework is applicable even beyond the problem of pain, but it's particularly useful for understanding pain. Uh, um, but I think that, that uh, um, the people who have, who have treated for the pain-related problems. Obviously, that's the biggest difference that uh, these, uh, these patients who I've been working with, uh, who honestly, you know, not that long ago, I don't think I would have felt like I had a whole lot to offer them. I've seen some really dramatic improvements in, in people's pain problems uh, as a result of approaching it from this uh, um, perspective from this model, you know, teaching them about the, the, the basic ideas of pain science and then treating the factors that are driving their threat level. Mm -hmm. That's got to be exciting. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's really gratifying. And, and again, you know, a lot of people, um, they just have this, this look of fear in their eyes when they... Uh, um, when they, you know, worry that there's nothing that can help them, mm -hmm. and 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 then when I you know provide a framework for understanding what they're experiencing and why and what 
can be done to, to uh, help with it, you know, you, you can see this relief in, in, in your presentation. And then when we go on to actually, you know, provide the goods, uh, you know, uh, make uh, a change in their life, um, it, it's, you know, their life gets a whole lot better and, 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 it's, and it's really enjoyable for me. That's, that's fantastic. It's just, uh, you know, it's, it's, I just love to hear that because, you know, a, a population that has been so disempowered and has had so little help, hope for so long. And, and to hear you talk about how you're now approaching that, it's not like they've changed. Uh, they're the same people. It's just right. being able to talk differently and explain things differently and apply tools differently and seeing those transformations. So it's, it's, it's mm -hmm. exciting to hear. So we're, we're coming to the end here. And what I would ask is, you know, what would you say to your colleagues if there's a psychologist listening and maybe they have just kind of heard a little bit about, oh, there's something yeah. new with pain. What, what would you what would your words of wisdom be to them? Well, I, I would I would just ask them to take a fresh look at this issue and I would um, urge them to recognize that pain science has really reframed the entire problem of chronic pain. That what, you know, what was true in the past or what appeared to be true in the past just isn't true anymore. That we know so much more about this problem than we did not that long ago. And that this is a population of, of patients who are, are really, you know, in desperate need of the right kind of help, and that you can do something that that is that is really important, really helpful to people, that uh, um, uh, has a, a, a lot of you know um, gratification built into it. Um, there aren't a lot of people doing this. And so, you know, I think at least for the foreseeable future, there's going to be, you know, um, business for, for people who, you know, want to make a living. And I think most people I know want to make a living you know, um, in, in, in their work. Um, and that there's a, um, a, a larger sense of, of, you know, being part of a movement that is, is important. Um, the, the, the rates of chronic pain in this country are huge and that um, people end up doing all kinds of things that aren't very helpful, um, that sometimes have really negative consequences to them, uh, that are very expensive, and uh, just a little bit of, of um, education in pain science and, and then integrating that with your existing uh, understanding of, of you know, psychology and mental health, you could be um, helping these people, um, you know, fairly quickly. That's fantastic. And what, so what about somebody on the flip side of that? Now we have someone who maybe is uh, experiencing persistent pain and has not had a lot of hope. What would you say to them given that, and it is it's difficult to find. It's difficult to find people who understand the science. So, what would you say to them as an individual, though? Well, uh, um, uh, I think it starts with knowing what you're looking for. Um, uh, uh, 
these days in healthcare, there's just no substitute for being an educated consumer. Um, and, and so you know, a little bit of, of um, education in sort of what, what, what is pain science um, and, and then, um, you know, look for people who uh, do this, look for people who are knowledgeable about pain science and, and about you know, um, treating pain from, uh, from a modern perspective. Um, but honestly, it's, it's not easy because there's not that many people doing this yet. Um, it seems as though, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Kevin, but um, uh, um, the physical therapy profession is kind of way out in front on this, uh, um, uh, more so than most uh, other professions. Would you agree with that? I, I would definitely agree with that. And I, I do think it is because of, uh, you know, Lormer and, and David Butler. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that because this is kind of circling back to the beginning of the conversation is it's very unfortunate when we kind of silo off into our specialties and some of the 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 best pain research that we have is in physical therapy fields and other people aren't aware of it because maybe they think it's a, you know, someone with a physical therapy background does not that maybe it's not relevant to them or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that was something that that um, that I I never realized that that. That PTs, uh, um, um, a, a lot of what they do is they treat chronic pain. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I didn't know that, but but I, I, I before you know a few years ago, I never really knew that. Yeah, although it makes sense if you're coming from you know this 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 biomechanical viewpoint of pain oozing out of structures, then you would probably want to send them to somebody who works with structures. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, so, so I mean, uh, um, I am, you know, taking, you know, opportunities whenever I get them to, to tell colleagues about this and, and, um, uh, and I hope that I can, you know, entice uh, uh, people to, um, to learn more about this. Uh, again, I think that most of what I do uh, clinically is, is is uh, um, very similar to what what I've been doing with with the the, the little added piece of, of pain science on top of that. Um, so I, uh, um, I I think there's a lot of people in my profession who could be providing uh, um, services to this population with just a little bit of investment of, of time and energy. And being able to provide those services in. Uh in such a way that it also can be in, increase the fulfillment you find on your in your practice and yeah, yeah. Uh, the and the meaningful you know meaningful and whatever that means to us and as as you did mention and it, I'm, we're not going to ignore it that there's a huge need here mm -hmm. and uh, and financially if you, if you are offering these services and you're getting good results and working with people there there is a reason you should be getting paid for this too so I can see where you know that that. That fulfillment is you're not from a psychological perspective. It seems to me that being able to pursue this and learn and being engaged and help your clients, um, you don't have the financial repercussions which which other specialties have. Well, and and that's true. Yeah, um, I mean, I I have never felt like this was a threat to my professional identity. In fact, you know, it's it's quite the opposite. I feel more valued. Um, 
in this area than, than you know, I, I have it in, you know, in, in a lot of ways in, in my career for a long time. Um, um, there was uh, about a year ago, I went to a, um, a, a workshop um, about uh, um, uh, explained pain. And I was in a room full of uh, physical therapists and I was the only psychologist in the room. And I was, you know, I, I felt like a rock star. Everybody <laughs> kind of wanted to talk to me and, and, and wanted to ask me questions and, and uh, wanted to know what I had to say about this and that. It was really, uh, I don't think I've ever had an experience quite like that before. And, and it was, it was, it was, it was very gratifying, um, and so I uh, I feel really appreciated in this area. Well, that that sounds like the trifecta to me. Not only can yeah. you broaden your practice, help your help your patients and clients better, uh, potentially have a, a new client stream because you're offering services that people are resistant to provide, and you get to have rock star status. So what? There's no <laughs> lose there. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Dan, it is always a pleasure to talk to you. How, if people wanted to contact you and or get in touch if they have questions, what, is there a way for them to do that, or you know, where sure. would you find them on that? Uh, well, you know, uh, you can. Uh, um, uh, our, our website is um, uh, www.peakpsych.com. And, you know, and then there are email links there. You can uh, um, send me an email that way. That's probably the easiest way to uh, get in touch with me. Perfect. Um, yeah, and I'll, I will put those links for um, peakpsych.com mm -hmm. at the show notes at uh, Straight Shot Health Talk. And, um, yeah, well, thank you. Thank you so much for coming in and uh, really Absolutely. appreciate your time. Really appreciate your time. And everybody right. else out there, stay well. <laughs>